Last time we explored the concept of motivation and now we're going to spend some time with the second element of the model, growth goal. I've got my colleague Bella Funk with me, uh, co-founder of CoLearn and of the Learnability model. Hey Bella, welcome back. Hi Jim, thank you. As usual, we're going to dive straight into the topic for today. So today we're talking about growth goal. What's your growth goal at the moment? Oh yeah, my growth goal, it's fairly new actually and it comes from me feeling frustrated and worried uh, about the climate change. Um, and besides, you know, everything that I feel I can do in my life, in the way I live, in my lifestyle, to sort of be part of that shift that we need to do, I, um, I decided now to make my growth goal be about how I and sort of co-learn can more with more intention and more focus uh, contribute to the shift that needs to happen. So it's fairly new. Uh, I haven't super clearly formulated more than that, but it feels very important and feels right. I think it's a great example of a growth goal because growth goals are an iterative process. They grow and change and develop over time. So even if it's new, that's fine because you know you'll develop it and build on it as you understand more about it. Exactly. And I think, I mean, th that's one of the key things with, with growth goal is that it's an iterative process. And one more thing that I think is important when it comes to growth goal is that you decide yourself what your growth goal is. You can do it together with others, for example, with your manager or with your teacher or with your colleagues. But deciding yourself creates such an ownership and motivation. On that note, I'm curious about your growth goal, Jim. I heard that you're going to be our little <laughs> guinea pig <laughs> in this podcast. So what's yours? I am indeed. Um, so in the motivation chat with Maria, I landed on something like balance, finding more balance in mm. my in my work life and my, my home life. Um, growth goal I don't have defined yet. So maybe we could just figure that out as we go along absolutely that would be great let's yeah i think it's um i find it a bit overwhelming to think about what that might be um, mm. and how i can like land on one goal or define one specific goal so i think a lot of people can recognize themselves in what you're saying because of things, you know, changing quite a lot around us and because of all the opportunities for us to grow, like in so many different areas, there is a tendency that we feel overwhelmed. One thing to remember and to be aware of that when we feel overwhelmed, it reduces our ability to think and create and, you know, make decisions and, and also to learn because the brain needs attention. And you get attention uh, from focus. So we use growth goals to help the brain to have focus. It doesn't mean that you won't learn anything else, of course, but it sort of directs your um, intentions 
on st- something that really matters to you. So that's why we also always encourage to start with something and then you can change and you can iterate it and you can clarify it. Uh, but start somewhere. Hmm. Speaking of that, I'm curious to hear about your growth goal. What is it that feels challenging to create balance mm. or to have balance? Yeah, I think one of the most frustrating and challenging things I find is when I'm not able to do a good job on the projects that I'm doing because I'm doing too much. Yeah. Because I want to do a really good job, but sometimes with the unpredictability of freelance life, like some weeks there's lots happening, and then I find I'm not not doing a good job on any of the work, and I'm not being a good mm. family member, and I'm not being a good friend. So um, there's a goal floating around there around, yeah, making sure that I'm never in a situation where I... I, I don't have time to do everything well. Mm. So th- keep the quality high and make space for deep work. And How would you phrase that as like a growth goal? I think something like making sure that my work and schedule works for me mm-hmm. rather than the other way around, me mm-hmm. feeling like a slave to it. So taking... Mm-hmm some more initiative and control of that of that weekly schedule that feels like a a good thing to head towards so and actually it makes me feel quite relaxed thinking about that like the idea oh, yeah. of having control in that way nice so it's about like being a bit more proactive with your planning and and things like that yeah and pushing back on things yeah. when they come up and yeah. they're not right or even saying no to things. So we've spent a little bit of time helping me figure out my growth goal, and thank you for that, Bella. Um, Have you got some more examples that we could share with our listeners to maybe inspire them to find their own growth goals? Of course I do. So maybe you want to have a growth goal that is around increasing your confidence in a specific situation. For example, like public speaking, which is a common one. Or maybe you want to dare to fail more or dare to speak up more and share your ideas or dare to take those difficult conversations at at work or in life in general. A growth goal can also be about wanting to better understand a specific area, for example, how AI works or how you can lead your teams uh, more uh, effectively. Or maybe you want to get more experience in a certain area. For example, working closer to your end customer or start your own business and learn to be more entrepreneurial. Um, Or maybe you want to learn a new skill, like learning a new language or learning how to code or build and build a website. Or maybe you just want to practice being more grateful every day. So a huge range of themes there of the types of growth goals that people could create from kind of tech and tools to the more human and leadership side of things. But as our listeners are doing that, how do they know when they've hit on a good goal or, you know, Mm. a goal that feels feels good? 
first of all, a growth goal is not about like wordsmithing, creating the perfect statement, working on that, that sort of detail level. The most important thing is that you feel it in your gut. You know your direction. You know what to focus on. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it feels like I'm on the right track mm, with yeah. my growth goal. Needs a little bit more work. Exactly. But I, I also have a little checklist that you can ask yourself. And one thing is that, is it challenging for you? What would you say about yours? I think it depends on the way that I frame it. Mm. It depends a bit more on the specifics. Mm -hmm. And I know that we dug out this piece of research that says the optimal level of challenge is a goal that you would be able to su succeed at 85% of the time, but fail at 15% of the time. Yeah. So yeah. something that isn't too big a challenge that means you're going to give up, but also isn't too easy because why would you bother if it's too easy? So I think when I when I define my goal a bit more clearly later, I can find something that's within that 85, 15. Great. So yeah, and another thing is that, is it clear enough for you? So you, like when you think about your growth goal, do you know in what way you sort of need to or can take actions to grow towards it? Mm. I think I definitely need to clarify mine a bit further time frame i think i definitely need like a time frame we usually recommend a time frame within sort of three to six months because things are changing so much so like having a longer time frame than six months will probably not be sort of realistic <laughs> But also, you know, you want to create this feeling of fulfillment. And when mm. it comes to change and learning, you know, we have a tendency to, to feel like it's never ending, like we're never done. Mm. So that's why it's also a good trick to, um, yeah, to make us feel fulfilled by not having a too, you know, far away a time frame. Yeah, and I think, Six months would be too long for me. Yeah. Personally. But three months feels about right. Enough time to get some stuff done and make some change, but short enough time that I feel like you said fulfillment or achievement. Great. So we're coming to the end of our growth goal introduction now. Any final tips for our listeners, Bella, before we wrap up and head to the conversation? Yes. And that is explore it with others because it's like so much easier quicker and of course like it's more fun and it helps to increase the likelihood for you to actually reach your goal because there is a very fascinating research that shows that if you just have a, a goal like a growth goal the likelihood for you to reach it is like 10 percent and if you if you promise your manager or like a colleague or a friend uh, that you will do it, the likelihood is increased to 65%. And if you also like book a meeting uh, where the person says, you know, I'm going to follow up on this, the likelihood increased to 95%. So, so Jim, why don't we... <laughs> I need to get booking. <laughs> Why don't we it's, book a follow-up meeting between between you and I? Sending you a calendar invite now. Oh, well. <laughs> it's interesting that this power of peers and the kind of collaborative learning 
it's gonna this is gonna be coming up again and again. Oh yeah. During yeah. this series. And what's interesting is that driving your growth feels like a personal journey, but we also need people around us to support yeah. us to drive our growth. Um so summary of growth goal. Yeah, find peers around you to support you to define and reach your growth goals. Find something, even if it feels nebulous and woolly and undefined, land on something and start working with it. Write it down, start testing it, set yourself a time frame and be okay with that changing over time. Your growth goal will change as you move towards it. And that is fine. Bella, thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. As a listener to this podcast, you've already overcome the biggest hurdle for investing in your development by simply taking the time. Nice. Now you're in a perfect position to support others to do the same. So why not take the opportunity to share this podcast with a friend or send it to your colleagues so you can do it together? If you're a leader and want your team to accelerate how they drive their growth, you can find more about how we support teams and entire organizations at scale by visiting our website, colearn.co. The link is in the show notes. We can't wait to hear from you. Now, let's get on with the show. For today's conversation, we're joined by Hazel Swain and Teest Balkama. Hazel is a co-learn change facilitator and learning designer, preparing leaders to build high-performing teams, lead change, and to shape their future. She's a lifelong learner at heart and recently educated herself to become a conscious parenting coach. Devoted and passionate to helping parents raise themselves first so that they can build loving relationships with their children. Thies is a senior revenue data analyst and data science facilitator at Google and a co-founder of Cognitas.tech, where he teaches others to work with and analyze data. With his devotion to climate change, he contributes to climate science as an analyst to monitor air quality in several European cities. And today we're going to be having a conversation about growth goal. So first, folks, um, to kind of situate us in the context for this podcast as a whole, driving your growth, what does driving your growth mean to you? Well, thank you so much for inviting me. This is so inspiring, to say the least. So yeah, for me, driving growth means that you are intentional with the kind of explorations that you do. So we're, we are in constant learning, but to me, when you add the word drive to it and you become someone that is owning that is where the, the beauty of growing lies because you're able to become aware of that process, be intentional, be the one behind the wheel in a way um, of your own growth and not being passive about it. So to me, it's... Yeah, being very intentional with how you want to drive that growth in yourself and by default with others, because when you grow, everyone around you grows. Nice. T, same question to you. What does driving your growth mean to you? Yeah, that's a great question, Jim. So I think Hazel mentioned a lot of elements that I think make make sense. I, I do think that in the word driving, there's a 
there's a notion of agency. And I think agency and implies capacity and capacity implies privilege. So I think it's important you only have one life and it's important to be very deliberate about how you spend your time and to hold yourself to a relatively high standard. I mean, you need to be kind to yourself, but you also need to, if you really, if something is hugely important to you, you should really do your best to try and carve out time and energy to pursue that goal. But um, I'm in a very different space now than I was in my youth. These days I have a lot of bandwidth and I have a relatively high control over how I spend my time, when I do work, when I work out. As long as I plan well and I'm good with my time management, I can find time to sort of juggle all of these balls at the same time. But when I was born, I was born with a brain condition called hydrocephalus. And hydrocephalus means that you have too much water around your brain. And my condition was misdiagnosed when I was young and the surgery was not done well. So I had huge health complications growing up. And the best way how I can describe how I felt on a day-to-day -day basis is imagine, remember the last time you mixed white wine, red wine, Zambuca and tequila on the same night and you decided not to drink much water. And that's how I really felt that level of hungover. I felt pretty much that way daily. And then three or four times a week on average, I would get these migraine attacks, but with temporary paralysis of my arms or legs, with temporary blindness, my speech would go away. I've been kept overnight in a hostel more than 250 times in my life before I turned 20. And then I had this miraculous brain surgery in New York, in St. Luke's Roosevelt Hospital. Shout out to Dr. Katan. And that just fixed it. So I woke up with 237 stitches on my 20th birthday and all of a sudden my energy levels are so different. I don't have to live in constant fear of pain. I just feel so much better. And I'm just very conscious of how lucky I am that I've been dealt, those, been dealt that hand. Because I think you need to play your cards well. And a lot of people don't, I think, play their cards optimally. But at the same time, some, some hands are just really tough. Right? And certain jobs are really difficult. Certain interpersonal relationships can be really tough. Life can just be horrible. And that you know, can put a big constraint as well on your ability to you know, learn Spanish, for example. If you have three newborn children, I don't have kids. So for my sisters, what they tell me, it's a lot harder to carve out an hour of me time when you have you know, to, to learn Spanish. And obviously, if this is hugely important to you, you should do your best to, to hold yourself, you know, to, as high as the standard as you can, but the hand you're dealt, I think, massively influence your starting point. I think one big thing that I'm trying to focus now is starting my own business. And I don't know if that counts as one growth goal, but it's a lot harder to get people to pay you money when you don't have a big corporate like Google behind you, or when you don't have, you know, when there's just nothing. When you start your own business, there's nothing. So you go talk to people, and you don't really have a product, you don't really have a website, you don't really have a pricing model, there's no legal person in the room, there's no manager, there's no director. It's just one gigantic blue ocean project. And I'm learning a huge amount trying to, you know, in the last 12 months, I've grown my business pretty, my side business pretty substantially. I hope my manager isn't listening to this, but um, to a point, yeah, where financially it's very attractive to do so. And it remains just, there's just a different stuff every week. Hazel, what's your growth goal at the moment? Um, my growth goal at the moment is to heal all my inner wounds so well that I can show up for my kids first, for my husband. Well, first for myself, I would say. Uh, for my kids, for my husband, and then for the parents and the leaders that I coach in 
the most whole way that I can. So whole being, you know, W-H-O-L-E. And it has been the hardest growth goal that I've ever had to work through. I've been, so next week, it's a year since I've been doing, you know, very intentional work with it. It's been probably six years in the making of like, oh, I need to probably do this, go in there. But it's such a, it's a very scary place to go into, to get to know yourself at such deep level of awareness and see yourself in the mirror that it has taken that many years. But in the last year, it has been very deep, a very deep process of, you know, a lot of reflecting, a lot of journaling. I think it started when we traveled with the kids. So we did a, a tour for what was supposed to be a year living remote. Uh, sorry, I'm going to say that again. Um, living nomadically and homeschooling the kids and working remote. And what I thought was um, sort of like a research project about it, the future of education became a research project about myself, <laughs> which was really crazy to think about. And that takes me a little bit to this thought I had when I was reflecting, you know, getting ready to come here that we can have these growth goals set. And then in the journey and the process, then you go, wow, it's actually this way, not that way that I'm going to get there. And maybe even the goal, the growth goal changes shape. And so we're able to or I was able to dance a little bit with whatever emerged and change and, and you know, follow that path that has led me to this very profound place in my life at almost 45 years old. So, yeah, that would be that would be one growth goal. And then another growth goal, I would say for me at the moment is um, I'm a little bit obsessed with learning how the brain works and behavioral psychology and behavioral economics and neuroscience. So that's that's another growth goal that doesn't necessarily have a title or a, or a headline yet. I'm just very curious to know more, learn more about how certain things in life for people, for kids, for leaders, for parents show up. So that way I can support them better in their transformation from, you know, combining to the mindfulness and the, yeah, the, the anatomy and the, the, the psychology behind how complex we are as humans. So, yeah, that's something that I don't know. Maybe I'll become, I'll do a master's in psychology. Who knows? I was thinking that while I was walking the dogs yesterday. So, because I'm never done. I can't, I can't get enough learning. I'm like salivating all the time when I when it comes to learning new things. So fascinating to hear your different types of growth goals, both in terms of between the two of you, but then also the two different types of growth goals that you shared. I think they're both very hard to quantify, though, which I think they share. Whereas most of my growth goals before have been relatively bounded. So, for example, you know, when I when I started Google and I thought, okay, all the cool stuff happens within more techie part of the organization. So I need to become more techie. So I need to learn SQL and Python and I need to get advanced in this stuff. You start from zero, but you have a pretty good idea what great looks like. It's not it's not perfectly science, but it's it's pretty close. It's pretty good. It's pretty clear what, what great looks like and, and how to get there. And I think when you have 
um, growth goals like like what Hazel's, Hazel's describing about, you know, healing your inner wounds, I hope I'm not paraphrasing too loosely here, or sort of working on yourself. I think you definitely see it with other people what great looks like. You know for yourself when you're making progress, especially if you look back a year ago. But I think it's very tricky on a week-by-week -week basis to be like, am I a, a better listener now? Or am I in a, you know, am I more emotionally resilient? Or I think something like that I think is hard to, to check in on. Yeah, I, I don't share the sentiment that there, that my goal is hard to quantify because for me, I know I'm in the right track if my relationships are improving. So I think it's very, it's actually very tangible. Um, I see, and also how I show up, levels of anxiety reduced, um, being able to live in the moment, not worry as much, um, not having guilt for the past, and being able to see people in a different light, so without a lot of judgment, for example, where I used to live in that in that realm of one of my biggest patterns in life being ju being judgmental, even though I have a growth mindset and all of that. But my my energy was constantly showing up being judgmental, and now I'm able to see see people more for what's happened to them more than what's wrong with them, and that is to me very quantifiable and because I feel it's it's something that you also feel in your nervous system or I feel in my nervous system and those around you can also feel that because we are all we're all energy inter interconnected energy you know sharing space and sharing facial expressions and reading each other's um yeah emotions so to answer your question more directly I I I do and I think maybe I already have but I can measure it also in in relationships, my relationships just become more loving in a way. And what I find interesting with this conversation is that there is just not one way that suits all. I think we need to find our own way to feel like, does this make sense to me? And do I feel like it's clear enough for me? Do I feel like I know what's, you know, great? And what works for me. So it's su such an individual process. So we've heard two very different kinds of growth goal. Um, I'm curious about how you decided what your growth goal was. Wow, that is such a powerful question because I was standing here thinking, do you decide or does it happen for you? I'm going very meta here, but yeah, so I, I definitely had a different perspective of what that goal was. And then I feel like there's something um, visceral that I feel uh, that I felt I needed to make the shift. Uh, usually there is a an event, a moment uh, in life when when some uh, when a change like this or a growth goal like this that is so deep, occurs. And, and for me, it was when my kids reached uh, teen or preteen years, because I thought I had everything figured out until then. And, and so it was, it was me being attuned to what was happening. I think that if I wasn't attuned, then I wouldn't make that choice and that decision. I would just say, fuck it, that's just the way I'm conditioned. And that's the way I'm going to parent. Uh, and, and for me, the decision, if you, if we think about my growth goal of us growing internally so then I can help others, um, then 
there is a moment in life when there was so much pain for me not knowing what to do as a parent with my children that then I I went through the process of you know having a coach who's guided me and I felt I want to do that whatever she's doing for me I want to do for every parent and every person. Tease, so you've talked about bandwidth like having limited bandwidth already to work on things like this. How do you make decisions on what you're going to focus on? Yeah, so it's dependent on the phase in my life. I've had some growth goals and a lot of my development has been by necessity. And I think my, you know, especially in my youth, if you feel that poor and your energy levels are that poor all the time, you know, you either get extremely good at energy management and time management and discipline. You you either get very mature at a young age or you just, you know, fall way behind all of your peers. So then it's really sort of necessity or frustration in line with what, what Hazel's saying that, that causes that change. Like you sort of have to, like you feel this response. You're like, if I don't do this, at least for me, it was almost fear driven. Where I was like, if I don't do this, I really don't like how my future looks. And one example is um, to give you a sense, I think most students procrastinate horribly. Um, I finished my master's thesis 10 months before the I handed it in 10 months before the deadline to give you a sense of how meticulous you become when you're that sick. And, you know, and it's not like um, I didn't like video games or anything when I was younger, right? It's just I, it was so ingrained in me that if I felt good, I had to do work because I had to always build up a buffer. I think there's a second way that I'm doing most of my growth goal setting and pursuits now, which is not from this visceral feeling of I have to, but it's more I have... I have an aspiration and I look at how my life is now and it's it's okay, but it's not quite exciting enough. Or um, I started playing you know, tennis a year ago and you sort of think, okay, how much have I really improved over the last three months? You're like, you know, I'm a little bit better, but not that much. And you're like, I'd just love to be better. And if you can't shake that thought for a couple of weeks, we're like, I really wish, I really wish I was better at this. I really wish it just didn't suck so bad. Some of the growth goals I've set have been, I think, aspirational from a from a position of, of bandwidth. So rather than this this feeling I have to, it's more like I really want to and I'm in a place in my life where I don't have any huge burning fires going on around me. So I can I can I can commit to this. I just find that interesting. We talked about in episode um, two where we speak about motivation. We talk about that you can find your motivation from different uh, places from being like the external uh, driven place um, where it comes a, maybe a bit more from, you know, I have to, I must, and those kind of drivers. And then you can find a motivation to grow from your intrinsic motivation because you really want to and you aspire to. And if you like you share from your experience you know, finding a motivation to grow from those two different places. And there is no bad and, and good way, but there are two different places, at least. Yeah, and I think it connects with what Jim said about bandwidth. I think it's very hard to have a huge intrinsic motiv you know, motivation to pursue something, like, say, learning a language, when it's not necessary and your necessary stuff is just grueling, right? Like you're exhausted from work, your personal relationship is tough or like your parents are sick or whatever it is, you know, like, that it's very hard to put that much energy and, and, and love and, and 
yeah, and energy into into pursuing one of these goals. So I think when my bandwidth is decent, then I have relatively high intrinsic motivation and sort of choice over what I do. And when you know shit's hitting the fan, then it's more like I have to do this, I need to do this, um, I have to get it together. I'm going to start to bring us to a close here then, and I'm going to ask one final question. So looking at our listeners now and how we can help them to work with their growth goals. So what I'm interested in is, do you have any advice or tips for people on how they can find their growth goal or how they can work with their growth goal? So yeah, so there are a couple of things yeah, to think about when we're thinking about a growth goal, which are that, you know, we are very complex as humans. Our brains are very lazy, like very, very lazy. We only operate at 5%, right? Like that's preserving energy. Um, and that we follow ripples. So we follow also our environment, whatever is around us, whatever others are doing that we admire. And the, I know there's a saying that says that we become the five people we hang out with the most. Um, and there's a reason for that. So I think my advice would be to become very intentional, to be very consistent, and also be aware of those challenges that we have, you know, from a human point of view that things are going to get hard. And to surround yourself with people who can support that growth goal, because that is going to help you stay on path as well. And you're able to, yeah, grow, grow together or bounce, share, you know, use use people in your life as as a soundboard for for your progress. But yeah, consistency, it has been the hardest for me. I get very excited speaking about motivation. I'm like, woo! And then I go, Psh, I plummet. So being able to walk that lonely path, you know, when the dip comes and stay consistent through that, I think is crucial for, for anyone to reach that uh, growth goal. Nice. Love that, Hazel. Thank you. And T, same question to you. Yeah, so... I, I completely agree with Hazel that motivation, I think, is a terrible long-term driver towards your goal. Because motivation starts really strong and then just fizzles out. And so I think discipline and making it as easy as possible to actually do it. So the amount of people that I know that are trying to do, they're trying to read, for example, and they say, I really struggle to read, but their phone is in their pocket. And then they, you watch them and they take their phone out every 10 minutes. I'm like, if your phone's just in a different room, then you don't take it out of your pocket. Like it's, I think planning for low willpower, I think is one big one. And the second one is similar to how some people are becoming more minimalist with their wardrobes, where they say, okay, I don't realistically need six pairs of pants. So if I buy a pair of pants, the existing pair of pants has to go. I think you should do the same thing with your goals. So when I hear people say, oh, I'd love to learn Spanish. When you make that statement, I think in your head you should, you should be like, then what am I not going to do for my list? Because it's much more satisfying and motivating when you try and drive one goal forwards, because then it very quickly is going to change your perception of who you are, where you're like, I'm someone who gets something done, rather than I have someone with a never-ending wish list of stuff I want to do, and I, you know, it's been three years, and I still don't actually work out that much, and I, my, my Spanish is still terrible, and... You know, my, my dietary habits aren't as great as I wanted, and I wanted to learn SQL, and I haven't. Whereas I think if you take one thing, you really drive it forward. Um, and if you want to do something new, then sort of something else has to go. I think it's been really influential in helping me focus. 
Yeah, really great insights. And thank you for sharing your thoughts on Growth Goal, Hazel and Tease. Now that we've heard from our guests, and before we go into the third part of the episode, the guided exercises, I want to give you a virtual high five for putting in the time and doing the work. Well done. Do you know someone who needs a boost to get started with investing in their own development? Why not send them a link to the episode and a few words of encouragement? You'd be surprised how much difference a little message can make. Now, let's jump back in and get hands-on with the exercise. It's time for you to set a goal to create focus for your growth. Now, we're upping the effort in this exercise. This particular one might trigger some resistance for you, but it'll be well worth it, so please take the time to work through it. I'm going to ask you two questions, and there'll be a pause after each one. Let your mind wander and see where your answers take you. Question one. First, let's explore an outside perspective of your growth. Think back on feedback you've received previously. What feedback do you usually get? If you're a bit more ambitious, press pause and call or text three colleagues to ask them. What areas do they think you could strengthen or improve to contribute even more? To repeat that question, what feedback do you usually get? And question two, based on the feedback and your motivation, that was what you find useful, important and interesting to develop, Decide on one or two areas that you want to focus on. Formulate a first version of your growth goal. You should feel it in your core. Does it feel clear and challenging? It should feel relevant for three to six months ahead. Your growth goal might not feel perfect right now, so go and test it. Share it with peers, talk about it. Tweak it as you go, but commit to something. And that is our third guided exercise and a wrap on episode three of Driving Your Growth. Bring your growth goal when listening to the next episode, which is about the first learnability behavior, stretching, a small challenging step that takes you towards your growth goal. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that it's helped you take steps towards driving your own growth. And remember to take the opportunity to support the people around you to do the same, whether it's a friend, your colleagues, or your entire organization. You can do that by sharing this episode or visiting our website, colearn.co, to book some time to talk about how we can support you. 